Association. 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 That was such uber ponage. Hello, fellow nerds from the studios of WBNS-FM in Columbus, Ohio. This is the Nerd Association podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Barnett. And I'm your other host today, Laura Barnett. Yes, we have my partner and contributor to Nerd Association. This isn't your first rodeo. My usual partner is one J-Lo. Correct. In fact, J-Lo's usual partner is Mark Finch, who is off this week as we are recording. But the thing we're talking about today couldn't go without discussion. So we had to had to get on it and get talking about it. And uh, Laura, I believe you're doing the honors today. I get to do the honors. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Okay, Daniel. What do you think of when I say this is where the fun begins? Well, this got the largest, longest applause at Star Wars Celebration 2022 when one Hayden Christensen came out as part of a panel discussion, said it, the audience went crazy, got a big standing ovation. And yes, so today we are talking about Star Wars Celebration 2022, took place in Anaheim, May 26th through 29th. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Star Wars Celebration, and I'm not sure whether you were or were not familiar with it, well, I mean, you probably told me about it when it happened a couple of years ago, right. the last one. I know that they had had to cancel the last couple of years due to COVID. But I really, you know, there's a con for everything. Right. So this is Star Wars con. Yeah, it's Star Wars con and it's officially sponsored Star Wars yes. con. But Star Wars Celebration, as long as it's been going on, has been the place every year where Disney announced, this is where we are with Star Wars. Right. Kind of a state of the union. Right. And as you said. That's a good way of putting it. Off for a couple of years. The last one was in Chicago in 2019. And actually, I believe they've announced that 2023 celebration is in London. It moves around from year to year. But yes, Star Wars celebration is where it's it's a convention for the fans, but it's also where Disney officially talks about, here's what projects are going on. Here's what movies and series and things like that are in the hopper. And so we wanted to talk today about what was discussed at the four-day event. And there was, boy, there was a lot. Yeah. (laughs) A lot that went on. A lot that I didn't even know about until you were like, hey, did you know this happened? I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Listeners of the show will know that Star Wars is like one of my biggest fandoms, Mm -hmm. the thing of which I am most passionate about, one of the things about which I'm the most passionate. But you have been sort of growing into Star Wars nerddom over the past couple of years, I think, especially. Do you want to tell folks about your Star Wars journey a little bit? My Star Wars journey. Oh, my. No, I grew up watching the original trilogy. I watched the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. We had it on VHS. I have two brothers and my dad. We always watch movies. So I remember watching those. And then I did see the, the prequel films and didn't really have an opinion about them because I didn't really care either way. But, you know... We've been married for, what, five years now? Mm-hmm. So I've been together longer, but I've... You've been in the loop on... I've been in the loop way more in the last seven plus years of my life. Yeah. However, the last couple of years, and I don't know if it... Maybe COVID. COVID has just made my nerddom flourish, mm-hmm. I think, in the best way possible. And one of those things that we've really enjoyed, and, and Disney Plus is a big part of this, sure. is... We've had all these amazing shows and even mm-hmm. shows that you had watched Rebels and say. Bad Batch and all those things that I was like, how can a cartoon be entertaining? And then you're like, give it just give it a chance. And I was hooked. Yeah. You know, when the seventh season of Clone Wars came out, I convinced you to watch those last four episodes with me. And I cried. We did a rewatch of Rebels mm-hmm. not all that long ago, yeah. kind of picking and choosing episodes. And that was especially because with the new Obi-Wan Kenobi show with right. Ahsoka coming out, it was like, you're going to need to know who some of these people Absolutely. are. Absolutely. And even with Ford's connections to The Mandalorian, which I think, let's be honest, The Mandalorian is kind of what got you hooked oh. most recently. I mean... I have Grogu fever. Yeah. <laughs> Baby fever is not a, a phrase in my vocabulary, but Grogu fever is. Yeah. 
so celebration is is good for fans of all sort of intensity levels and of course sorry to yeah, interrupt but yeah, i did yeah. tell you i'm like where is it next year and you said london i'm like all right i guess we're going to london next year yeah i, I really want to go now yeah i can't i can't we won't pretend that we were in anaheim this year but uh yeah this might be the this might be the time next year so of course as we've kind of alluded to appearances by ewan mcgregor by hayden christensen pedro pascal rosario dawson demura morris and many others warwick davis was also in there and we will talk about willow about willow in a little bit uh john favreau and dave filoni also kathleen kennedy so a huge you know all the big names this is not you might not know this but a lot of the time the cons that aren't officially sponsored it's the b-less c-less folks isn't it yeah you're not usually getting the stars of star wars films or tv shows you're getting some of the voice actors are certainly going to be there some of the folks who are maybe you you don't want to say it but yeah b or c list on the sort of star wars hierarchy so to speak (laughs) you know i will say whatever you were thinking but this is again because disney sponsors it it is official these folks maybe are contractually showing up. <laughs> so I, I have a question yeah. because was Star Wars Celebration a thing before Disney bought Star Wars? So, and I will admit I had to do my research on this one. It looks like Star Wars Celebration is something that started with Episode One, The Phantom Menace, and has not been every year, uh, especially the first few were sort of timed out with the release of the movies, sure. and then they were kind of sporadic, though... You can see once Disney bought the event, then it became almost yearly. There was a gap sort of of between, you know, in 2014. And then, of course, a pandemic happened. But like for the most part, and especially let's be honest now with with all of the Star Wars television series. There's so much content. And the money that Disney stands oh, well, to make I from, mean, <laughs> from capitalism. having, yeah, these, having but... these conventions. So uh, it is something that Lucasfilm did do, though more sporadically. Sure. And it seems like, given the sort of state of things, that it will continue probably every year or every other year as they have things to talk about. And given the sort of lineup that we have to talk about today and some of the other projects that were teased, they're going to be talking about Star Wars for as long as they can. <laughs> oh, 100%. So um, before we start talking about specific projects, I think another thing to point out, just because it was precious, John Williams turned 90 the day before Celebration began. Oh. And John Williams came out and conducted a few numbers, including uh, the theme to Indiana Jones. Of course, Indy 5 is coming out next year, I believe. Yeah, I think that sounds right. And Harrison Ford came out and waved at everyone. Oh, did he really? Yeah. And uh, and John Williams also conducted the theme to the new Obi-Wan Kenobi Which show. was so exciting. Yes. And, and for those who aren't familiar with the background, John Williams isn't the composer for all of the show, but he asked specifically if he could come in and write the main theme for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because, of course, John Williams has written the scores for almost mm-hmm. all of the Star Wars movies, all the Skywalker saga movies. And Obi-Wan is the only character he never got to write a theme for because the theme that he originally intended for Obi-Wan Kenobi morphed into the Force theme. Right. Which I honestly think is kind of fitting because in terms of sure. Force wielders. Yeah. But it's neat how this theme, and if you haven't seen the new Obi-Wan Kenobi show, go watch it. Or go, I'm sure if you go on YouTube, you can look up the performance. It's neat how the light motifs that he draws from that mm. force theme that appear in Obi-Wan Kenobi. And you can see where he's inverted a few sort of melodies and things yeah. and, and paid homage to it. One other thing that is not specific to any particular showcase, but of course, two of the, the most Ugh. frequent flyers were John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Maybe my favorite bromance of all time. And it is quite, and you got to see that relationship on display throughout the weekend. I mean, the panels they did and, you know, it's a very good cop, bad cop. John oh, Favreau yeah. is saying how much he wants to share with the fans and Dave Filoni's kind right. of, you know, the one keeping the lid on things. A couple of neat little anecdotes. Dave Filoni had a made a cameo in in Mandalorian season one as a pilot Wolf Trapper I think oh was that's the name. right yeah and they made an action figure of Dave Filoni and John Favreau bought a case of them and made Dave sign every one of them he, making that Disney money yeah and uh, and then uh, on the flip side they tell a story about how 
of course, I'm going to say spoiler alert, but God, you've had time. I feel like if you listen to this show, <laughs> you know, we don't, you know, spoilers, that, but I yeah. will say it. We always say it at least once. That's really nice of you. Um, that, of course, at the end of Mandalorian season two, we have a special appearance from one Luke Skywalker. Oh, uh, yeah. But in the run up to filming that episode, they in the scripts and they pretended it was Plo Koon, who was a Jedi master who was on the council during the Republic and who is a character that Dave Filoni really likes, shows up in the Clone Wars. Did he survive Order 66? He didn't survive. Oh, well, okay. Okay. But I, right. Right. Lots of people supposedly didn't survive right. Order 66. Plo Koon in Revenge of the Sith, you see his ship get shot down. Okay. The implication oh, being he died. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. All of this is to say they actually had the CGI for Plo Koon made. They spent part of their budget to make this fake part of the Just scene to, fake everyone to keep out? people in the dark about who it really was. Wow. And most people didn't know that it was going to be Luke Skywalker until Mark Hamill showed up on set the day of filming. And even then it was like closed set. Big deal. Because they wanted to keep it a secret. Right. But it was, it's people funny. People probably lost their minds. You know, there's, throughout the whole weekend, when when actors would be, would come, like, too close to sharing details, Dave Filoni would be the one to be like, ah, 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 like, put the kibosh on it. Yeah. So that's kind of his reputation. He wants to keep tight-lipped on these sorts of things. All right. I think the thing that everyone was really excited for, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the, the television series on Disney+, Plus. The release was postponed by a few days right? so that Star Wars Celebration could begin and so that, I mean, let's be honest, they could have a screening of it at Star Wars Celebration. Precisely. Yes. And so I think everyone was really excited for Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen to be back and to see them oh, doing the panels together. And of so course, good. They, re- they just have a great relationship and it's, it's a homecoming for them. You know, with it's kind of a redemption almost for Hayden Christensen. For sure. With all the sort of backlash that that the prequels got, most of it undeserved, if you want me to sure. say my piece. I think this was the first time he felt like he got the love that he wished he would have gotten right. 20 years ago for playing this character. Uh, and so it was really neat to have them come out together and do these panels and be so excited. Yeah. And you can tell Hayden's excited to be back, and he's ready to be in as much stuff as they're ready to put him in. Oh, yeah. And in fact, as we'll talk about later, he kind of let slip that he, this isn't the only property he's going to be showing up in. After they debuted the first couple of episodes at Celebration, that was a Thursday night, they did have a panel with the big cast. And, and of course, that was when they got to reveal that young Leia was also a member of that cast, which is is very cool. Uh, Vivian Lyra Blair. At the time of filming, we've seen the first few episodes the show is awesome. Oh, yes. I, we're going to do a full episode on it soon, so we won't say too much here except to say it's it's the Star Wars show that that we, at least I've been the most excited about. Yeah. It's great to see Obi-Wan Kenobi again. He's the character we want to see a lot more of, but it's neat how they are flushing out this relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin and Darth Vader because mm-hmm. no no surprise I mean it was pretty well known that Darth Vader was going to show up here. Right. And that we get to see as I say every time we talk about Star Wars that we get to see Darth Vader being the badass that has earned the reputation for being the scariest person in the galaxy right. and we get to see it on full display and it's awesome. And I will say so far I mean we've only seen the first couple of episodes but my favorite thing so far and I, that I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. was young Leia. Yeah. And she's great. You expect that sort of character to be eye rolling in some ways, right? Sure. But the relationship between the two of them has just been awesome. Yeah. Especially how how it allows them to touch on Obi-Wan Kenobi's relationship with Padme when she was alive. He mm-hmm. mentioned several times about how she's like her mother and, and of course, uh, with... Anakin, who now, I mean, not only is he trying to hide the existence of Luke and Leia from Anakin, but he's trying to hide the existence of Anakin from Luke and Leia, as we see in the way that he responds to her. And of course, in the original trilogy, how he hides that from Luke, because he knows how painful it was for him to see what his former Padawan, former brother had become. Go watch Obi-Wan Kenobi as if the Mandalorian wasn't enough to like uh, to make a good excuse for your subscription to Disney Plus. Obi Wan Kenobi's amazing. I have nothing but good things to say about it. 
And something I'm just as excited for is Ahsoka. Yeah. The upcoming Ahsoka series. Ahsoka is, at at the time of Celebration, had just started filming. Like a few weeks of filming. The reason that that few weeks is is even more interesting, we'll get to in just a moment. Not just interesting, it's impressive. Yeah. So Ahsoka is coming out in 2023. We didn't get a sort of firm release date on that, though you get the impression based on how other things are releasing. It'll probably be the spring or summer Mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. But... The series is going to be picking up after Rebels. We don't exactly know. Because of how we see Ahsoka in Mando Season 2, Right, she's still looking yep. for Ezra Bridger and kind of by extension Grand Admiral Thrawn because right. they're the ones they were last seen together at the end of Rebels. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Go, if you haven't watched Rebels, go watch, go watch Rebels. Rebels. It's so good. So we don't exactly know how much is going to be in flashback and how much is going to be post-Battle of Endor. That part isn't quite clear, but we do know that it focuses on, at least in this first season, Ahsoka and Sabine's search for Ezra. Some of the projects that we're talking about today, we have had footage, we've had trailers, or we got trailers during Celebration. Right. And those things were publicly released, and you and I have been able to watch those. However, something they did at Celebration that is, I don't know if it's unique, but it's interesting is they showed footage from Ahsoka, which has only been filming for a few weeks. They showed footage from The Mandalorian, which had just wrapped. Right. And the these time. aren't storyboards. These were full Apparently on fully footage. produced shots. Yeah. You know, we're going on the the word of people who were there and described it. And actually, John Favreau said ahead of time, like, listen, we're not releasing this. Don't get out your cell phones. Like, Let's have a let's have a sort of an honesty agreement here that you're not going to tape this special thing that we're showing just you. Right. <laughs> and so we have only descriptions of of that footage, but it apparently shows Ahsoka in some sort of a ruined location, maybe a Jedi temple. That part's kind of unclear. Yeah. Touching walls, touching pillars. Uh, apparently, her leku, which are the like the head tails look better in this footage i know some people kind of complained about the way they looked in they're more tailored was the understanding that they I look got. cleaner I yeah think, and longer if, uh, you, well, if she's you, grown up well but if you recall in mando they were quite a bit shorter you and i watched rebels so you know that they were longer and more yeah, yeah anyway so apparently they're working on that in the same way that they've worked on other uh, appearances by other sort of folks in these shows can I say what was, I think, the coolest part? Rosario Dawson, who will be playing Ahsoka. Again, yeah, reprising the role. Reprising the role was at Celebration. Yes. So she's on stage, and she brings out one of my most favorite characters <laughs> from Rebels, Chopper. She brought a live-action Chopper. I mean, not expected by anyone. Right. Because, you know, you know the actors that are portraying. Exactly. And, and some of the people for Ahsoka have been announced. Another person who was there was Natasha Liu Bordizzo. I was not familiar with her work. Apparently, she's been in some Netflix projects like the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon follow-up movie, The Society. She was in The Greatest Showman. She was there to also talk a little bit about her role. She's going to be playing Sabine Wren. Wonderful. The casting is great if you go and look at, at Natasha she does. You can see there is definitely the the Sabine look, which mm-hmm, is cool. Mm-hmm. But what about, so again, you and I didn't see the footage, but there's a shocker, perhaps. Harrison Dula's here. We think. We think. Almost certainly. As it is described, this you see this character from behind. From though, behind, right? Yeah. But has the head tails of the Twi'lek, was wearing the same sort of jacket that Hera wears. Yep. And the speculation is, you know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is on board for this project. No one knew what her role was going to be. The speculation is. We know she's in it. And when you think, okay, could this person play Hera? And we, you think about the age. We you, timed it out. Yeah, actually. It works. It were, it could work. So that's a really cool thing. I will say one other thing from the, from the footage that was described was the mural that's shown at the end of Rebels is apparently shown in live action mm. with Sabine kind of having freshly drawn it. So we get the impression of the whole ghost crew all together of, of the ghost crew yeah. all together. 
we get the impression that the sort of the prologue to this show will be set then. And so I think we're going to get some flashback sure. shots, some current shots. So people have until 2023 to watch Rebels in preparation. And you really, sh- you know, um, we've never done this formally, but when you go to watch Rebels on a rewatch or if you're showing it to somebody who is um, maybe a little skeptical about it, the first two seasons, you can do quite a lot of skipping around. Season three, you can do some skipping around. But there's just a lot of really great stuff there. And of course, now these characters are in your your sort of lexicon, so well, to speak. And- you know I'm not a cartoon person. Right. Except for, like, South Park. If we <laughs> yeah, can eyebrow. That. Yeah. So it, it was a, a very pleasant surprise when I actually sat down and watched these, how great the writing is. Which, I mean, again, Dave yeah. Filoni. He, well, he, he clearly cares about these characters and, and, and to see Ahsoka especially bringing her into live action and bringing yeah. these folks. Now, one thing that I will say I took for granted was that they would be announcing the f- cast, the well, full yeah. cast for Ahsoka. But especially like Ezra Bridger, Thrawn. Right. These are huge parts of the story and, and Ahsoka's storyline where we left off. And we're, I mean, it, and it's it's almost confirmed that this is what the storyline is. Right. Um, so I know that, you know, the, the fan speculation is that Mena Masood, who played the live action Aladdin, right. would be taking on the role of Ezra Bridger. And Lars Mikkelsen, who voiced Thrawn in... The cartoon in Star Wars Rebels, I mean, <laughs> he seems like a pretty obvious choice. He's got that whole super villain thing down. Yeah. And would, I mean, you know, these days it's pretty easy apparently for them to, you don't necessarily have to wear the blue makeup and the red contacts and things to to do it. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm really interested to, to see those castings in particular. And of course, Hayden Christensen also let slip in one of his panels that he's going to be in some of the flashback scenes, which... The idea of seeing... Which, I mean, he, for people who don't know, what was his relationship to Ahsoka? So Anakin Skywalker during the Clone Wars had a Padawan who was Ahsoka Tano. Right. And so they knew each other very well and fought alongside each other and trained together. And, of course, we've seen that relationship in the Clone Wars and we've seen the remnants of that relationship in Rebels. But we've never seen them in live action. Exactly. And if, if the scene between Luke and Ahsoka in Book of Boba Fett even as as brief as it was, was any indication of how cool it's going to be to see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm as excited about that as I am. And, and quite frankly, to see Thrawn in live action. Oh, because I can't wait. I've always said Thrawn's maybe is, is as good a villain as Darth Vader in a different way. You, you Star have Wars. been saying for years, Thrawn's going to show up. Thrawn is going to be the next like super villain after Palpatine. Yeah. He is going to be, Exactly, the next big bad. And so. I think I think you were right. I think I was right. Next up, yes. Can I introduce it? Because it's one of my favorite shows of all time. I do watch some highbrow stuff, and I would consider The Mandalorian amongst my, my highbrow viewings. It's, it's excellent viewing. The Mandalorian, season three. At long last. <laughs> finally, finally. So that's going to be coming out in February of next year. And it'll pick up right where Din and Grogu had reunited right. in the finale of Book of Boba Fett, which, again, if you haven't watched, spoiler alert, sorry. But also, you <laughs> should go watch it, and you should know better. Yeah, exactly. So this was another one of those where they showed footage at Celebration that we have not seen. Right. And that I'm sure is out there somewhere. I, I, I'll i be honest. I didn't search Reddit. I didn't. I, I kind of took the word of... Star Wars Explained in particular, if you guys aren't familiar with Star Wars Explained They're on YouTube, awesome. go look them up. They are also a husband and wife duo who talk about Star Wars. Whoop, whoop. I took their sort of viewing of it to be the most honest <laughs> because they're yes. always the most honest yes. about these things. But they described a lot of what we're going to see in, right. in, the, in this foot or what was seen in this footage. I mean, just to start, which we we did see her in season two. I don't think she was in season one. She was not in season one. A fan favorite, yeah. I would argue. Uh, Bo-Katan. Of course. Played by Katie Sackhoff. And so she apparently is, is pictured sitting in a throne that has some Mandalorian design to it. Um, and you see her and Din Djarin kind of going back and forth and actually equates him to Death Watch. Well, and... and y- 
the Children of the Watch is apparently this sort of cult break off of right. the Mandalorians that Din was raised by. It, it's never been explicitly said Death Watch, but Children of the Watch, come on. Of course, Death Watch was the main detractor of Bo-Katan's sister, Satine. Correct. And who kind of, they were the, the warring factions. Um, yep. And we see Death Watch even side with the Empire during Star Wars Rebels. And of course, for those of you who forget, Din Djarin is in possession of the Darksaber, which traditionally has right. been the sword that crowns the ruler of the Mandalorian people. Which and... Bo-Katan's sister... Well, that Bo-Katan herself once held. Well, yeah, that's true. And lost, and then was given and then lost it again. <laughs> and so Bo-Katan wants to lead Mandalore, but she has a bad history with the Darksaber. And of yeah. course she will not, she knows that it's bad luck to just take it as a gift because she's made that mistake before. Right. We knew that this was going to be one of the main conflicts for season three. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if Bo-Katan is the villain of, the, or at least a villain of the story, even if it's it's only brief. Right. There's also apparently a scene of her holding Grogu, mm. and she says something to the effect of, like, did you think your dad was the only Mandalorian? Ha ha. Which is a kind of also a joke about the Mandalorian. I don't know. Kidnap Grogu. The way it's described, it seemed amicable, but you could see a situation in which if she ended up with Grogu, she might say, listen. This is how rumors get started. You, you, If you want him back, you have to fight me for possession of the Darksaber. Because he, has, he yeah. straight up has said, I'll just give it to you. Yeah. And she won't take it, of can. course. Right. We also see that the armorer, who's played by Emily Swallow, and Paz Vizla, who is voiced by Jon Favreau, and right. of course... John Favreau has voiced all the Vizlas in the animated stuff, is also going to be in it. And of course, this sets up this whole like, what is the heart of the what is the heart of being a Mandalorian? What is like, mm -hmm. what does it mean to be Mandalorian? We've known this is what this show was about. And of course, it seems like season three is going to bring this to a head. What does it mean to be a Mandalorian? And right. perhaps the warring factions of Mandalorians, or do they come together to work against a common enemy? And maybe we see that. Apparently, there was footage of different Mandalorians in their particular clan's armors mm. shown in dropships and things like that. And so are they in fighting? As Mandalorians often are. Right. <laughs> or have they have they decided to unite against a common enemy, this sort of imperial remnant? A couple of changing gears a little bit, a couple of your favorite folks from the Mandalorian are also showing up. You know I love Carl Weathers. <laughs> you get you get yourself a ham bone, you got a stew. Mm. <laughs> love him. So Grief Karga's back. Yes. And he's fancy, apparently, and I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Apparently he, uh, you know, put on the fancy gown and cleaned up Navarro. So we're going to see not just a kind of dilapidated town kind of, anymore. Yeah, kind of crime-ish city yeah. that he's cleaning up, out, cleaning up shop. Surprisingly. And, of course, another sort of fan favorite character, Carson Teva, uh, Paul Sun-Hyung Lee, a super fan himself. A huge fan of the, of the series. He shows up as as Carson Teva is the sort of New Republic Ranger uh, X-Wing pilot who's shown up a couple of times. Yeah. Always kind of gives Din Jaren a little bit of a, uh, you know, let's gives him a get out of jail free card. Because, right. you know, times are tough here in the New Republic. And you can tell he's one of the folks that believes like this Imperial remnant is to be taken seriously, that there's something going on. Something's rotten in the state of Denmark that the right. folks in the core don't believe. When you right. know, so it'll be cool to see him back. You know, he was supposed to be part of that Rangers of the New Republic show that, as far as we know, is now DOA because Gina Carano. Oh yeah, that whole being written. I was scared doing a lot. Anyway, um, so who knows? It would still. I'd love to see that show. I don't know if they recast Cara Dune or if they just change the focus to be more about him and his sort of exploits. But I would love to see him get more screen time because i think sure. he's a cool such a cool character last sort of bit about that like uh the, that footage apparently the locations are varied which is nice to hear which we kind of mandalorian's good at that right and and favreau did announce that one of the big storylines of this season mm -hmm. would be that um mando and jaren will be returning to mandalore yes which was sort of teased in book of boba fett sure. but we get to see a ruined Mandalore, apparently, in this footage. Yes. Um, particularly the city of Sundari, which, for those who aren't familiar, that is the city that is the big sort of dome that is shown in mm -hmm. Book of Boba Fett when they have the flashback of that 
that dome being bombed. If you've watched Clone Wars or Rebels, you'll be familiar with with that. We also see a bunch of Star Destroyers under construction, apparently. Which you have to imagine ties into this Imperial Remnant storyline, maybe even Thrawn and his storyline. Oh, yeah. Yes, Star Destroyers under construction post-Battle of Endor is interesting. It also has, of course, it suggests tie-ins to the sequel trilogy, which Mandalorian has been doing a little bit of sort of cleanup on that (laughs) storyline. Last bit about Mando, they had a panel on Saturday, they had a fully animatronic Grogu who apparently like came out without a puppeteer and sat down and like, you know, made eyes at the crowd. Um, Also neat that Latif Crowder and Brendan Wayne, who, if you're not familiar, are the body doubles that are in the Mando suit most of the time. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Wayne is the grandson of John Wayne, just a little. Very cool. cool. The two of them are the ones sort of co-playing Mando. As much as, as Pedro Pascal is like the voice of Mando and the heart of Mando and the face of Mando, they're the sort of, you know, man behind the helmet of Mando. So... Very exciting. And as you previously said, Mandalorian Season 3 is expected in February of next year. Wish it were sooner, but understand, you got to get these things right. And of course... We've still got Obi-Wan to watch. We've still got Obi-Wan. And of course, we have our next entry, Andor, which is something they've been talking about since the last Star Wars celebration. Well, because it's coming out the end of this summer. Is that right? August 31st? Yep, August 31st. Rogue One is one of the better received Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. kind of in general of the of the Disney era. And so we get to see Cassian Andor. You know, he refers in Rogue One to the terrible things he's had to do in the name of the the new the rebellion. Yep. And that he wants to make them count. And so I want to see the terrible things. We get I think the impression is we're going to get to see the terrible things. Andor is supposedly set about 5 years before Rogue One. Okay. That actually puts Which it... Which makes sense, because, spoiler alert, yeah. <laughs> he died at the end of Rogue One. Diego Luna joked in the one, the panel he was in that, like, at least I know they're not going to kill off my character in the I mean, he's in the not show. wrong. <laughs> Which, for those who are keeping track, puts it in about the same timeline as Star Wars Rebels. Okay. So there could be some crossover, especially if we're seeing some of those characters in live action in Ahsoka. That you would never be know. pretty cool, yeah. Theoretically, there could be some crossover. You could see Ewan McGregor. I kind of hope they keep him confined because I think if if Obi-Wan Kenobi is shown to be flitting all over the galaxy, that reduces the sort of importance of his storyline a little bit. But anyway, the first season's 12 episodes. It's coming out August 31st. For those of you who don't know, the writer and director is Tony Gilroy, who wrote, who was a co-writer on Rogue One, but also wrote The Born Born Identity, those films. All that stuff, yeah. And he says that season two is supposed to be shooting this year as well. This one's going to be fun because you're getting a base of almost an, a fresh slate of characters. Yeah. We are, you know, of course, Cassian Andor is returning. We have Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma. Cool. And we know that at this point, Mon Mothma is still in the Senate because we see her step down during Rebels. Yes. So we know that we're going to get to see some of that Senate, in, the Galactic Senate intrigue that we've never gotten to see before. right? And so that's kind of exciting. Also joining the cast are Kyle Soler, Fiona Shaw, Denise Goff, Stellan Skarsgård. Pretty Love cool. It. Adria Aryona. And the music will be by Nicholas Bertel, who's known for Succession. Mm-hmm. So cool cast. I think, obviously, there's chances we could also see Forrest Whitaker coming back as Saw Gerrera. Oh, that would be great. Um, So... And and not that I expect it, but you could always see a Darth Vader cameo in something like Andor. So I mean, Hayden Christensen did. Te- I mean, not that he's always in the suit, but he did tease. Hey, I'm back and I'm, I'm ready. I'm back. I'm ready to pee- be in whatever you're going to put me in. He's going to be like the Stan Lee of Star Wars. <laughs> I and mean, just... <laughs> Darth Vader. It's good that he shows up in these things. Yeah, it's great no, that he it was is. in Rebels in a, in a in a sort of controlled way. Yes. You shouldn't. He shouldn't be the pro t- or the antagonist well, of all these shows. No, but... and it doesn't take away from the storyline necessarily. No, as we've said, he, he has a reputation for a reason. Let's see it. Yeah. So yes, once again, Andor debuting in just a couple of short months, August thirty first. Another one. You know, when when the Bad Batch season one was announced, I kind of went, really? They're giving these guys like this is one of the shows we're getting. But it's been, it was a surprise, it was a surprise it one. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So season two of Bad Batch is coming out September 28th, which I'm just now realizing means it will run concurrently to Andor. 
So I'm guessing we'll have Wednesday and Friday releases. Sweet. But that's cool. I mean, oh, yeah. we're now getting to the point where we have multiple Star Wars shows a week. To get us through to 2023 <laughs> when more stuff is coming. And so for those of you who might not have kept track with season one, The Bad Batch is about a group of clone troopers who were sort of genetic anomalies of the original. Mm -hmm. uh, the X-Men of... Yeah, that's actually a good way of putting it. Kind of the X-Men of the, the yeah. Grand Army of the Republic, who was this sort of commando strike force because they yeah. had these different abilities. And of course, after Order 66 and the clone troopers are starting mm -hmm. to get phased out, we see them kind of struggling with what their place is and all of this. They defect from the, the Empire and they try to... Take their to chips out. Take their chips out and they're trying to keep... Omega, who is another Omega, Omega, who is a clone of Jango Fett in the same way that Boba Fett is, right, is an original clone, not like a clone of a clone of a clone. They try to keep her safe and get her out of the clutches of the Empire. By the end of season one, she's back in the clutches of the Empire. So, of course, some portion of season two yeah. is going to be focused on getting her back. We presume. They're not going to forget about her. No. No, and, and there is a trailer for Bad Batch you can go watch now. Actually, we should say there was a trailer for Andor as well. Yeah. That is very cool, very much like a spy thriller type of yeah. show. We're now talking about Andor again. But go watch these trailers. They're very neat. Mm -hmm. um, the Bad Batch trailer does show Omega in action. We also get to see Commander Cody is apparently there. We get mm. to see Mazamita and Emperor Palpatine. And everyone's favorite Wookiee, Padawan Gunji, is apparently alive. So we get to see him uh, making his return. Again, this is a cartoon, yeah. but it's so good. It's, it's surprisingly good. It's fun. <laughs> it's just fun. So we're, we need to, this is Star Wars Celebration, and of course, it's all things Star Wars, but we would be remiss if we left out another Lucasfilm mm -hmm. property that is getting a comeback. Willow, the film. Yes. Came out in 1988. Great year. I wasn't born. I was. You may have been born when it came out, depending on when in the year. <laughs> I remember it fondly. But Willow is getting its own series. Yes. For, for people who aren't familiar, Willow is a fantasy film and now a fantasy series created by George Lucas and mm -hmm. Lucasfilm, starring Warwick Davis. And some of you will know exactly who Warwick Davis is, but for those of you who don't, Warwick Davis played the... Ewok Wicket, who was the like best friend of Princess Leia in Return mm -hmm. of the Jedi, the young Ewok. I believe he played a... I think he was in Harry Potter, too. Yes, he was in Harry yeah. Potter. He's been in all the Star Wars films since in some sort of cameo role. Yeah. But he's the star of Willow, the show. He, well, he was the star of Willow, the film. He's the star of Willow, the show. Oh, I didn't realize he was in the film, too. And so, yes, yeah, so he's the protagonist uh, okay. of the film Willow, and it's about him sort of discovering his magic and helping out gotcha. in, in this empire that's under sort of tyrannical rule. And once again, he is going to be reprising that role. However, it's set 20 years after the events of the original film. And oh. so we will have an aged Willow who yes. is helping a new crew of adventurers, including Aaron Kellerman, who was... Enfys Nest in Solo. Yes. And so I always thought she was super underutilized, and it's exciting to see her back in something mm -hmm. Disney. Um, Joanne Whaley is also returning as Sorsha. For those of you who are familiar with the film, it'll be cool to have her back. Val Kilmer was in the original Willow film. He's not going to be in this one for, mm. for obvious reasons. But he he apparently sent a, a message of love to the fans at Celebration Aww. just saying, like, hey glad that this is coming back and yeah. like i throw my full support behind it um was ron howard there yes ron howard was there he but was he, the director of the original film right that's why i asked and he apparently so john kazdan is the son of lawrence kazdan lawrence kazdan okay. did punch-ups on the script for empire strikes back right and kind of was a consultant with george lucas and has helped on lots of projects but john kazdan was a co-writer on solo a star wars story and that's where he and Ron Howard met <laughs> and started talking about, you know what I'd love to do? Willow. Yeah. Um, and so they they showed the the trailer for the, the, the show. I keep wanting to say the film, the show. It's very cool. Again, go out and watch it. It yeah. looks very, like, if you're into Lord of the Rings, if you're into The Wheel of Time. Very much along that it's, vein. It's, a very, yeah. it's more of a high magic sort of situation, but it looks pretty cool. 
moving back to Star Wars, there's a lot of sort of attention paid to these big live action shows, but there are a couple of more projects coming that we wanted to touch on. Skeleton Crew is another live action show that is coming. Mm -hmm. We don't know exactly when. There has been rumor of a Star Wars show called Alphabet Squad that has been described as Stranger Things in Space. Okay. A group of kids coming of age story in Star Wars. And originally it was thought that it was going to take place in the High Republic era, Mm. which is sort of before the prequels. Right. If you don't know, the High Republic is being flushed out in a series of novels and comics right now. Go read them. They're cool. But it's not. It's not set in that time frame, and it's not called Alphabet Squad. It's called Skeleton Crew. And so Skeleton Crew, created by John Watts and Chris Ford, is set contemporaneously mm-hmm. to Mandalorian and Ahsoka, starring Jude Law, apparently. Yes. <laughs> but uh, we should say it was marketed that it is not actually a show for kids. Right. It just has kids in, in it. In the same way that Stranger Things... Not really a kid show. <laughs> no, a little too scary for the wee ones. Um, and so, yeah, this is fo- they're letting folks know, like, hey, this is definitely a more mature sort yeah. of show. Though Dave Filoni did chime in and say, hey, we were we showed people getting their heads cut off in Clone Wars. You know, Star Wars might be for kids, but we've never pulled punches. So yeah, it's unclear if Jude Law is going to be a protagonist that sort of helps the children, like Jim mm-hmm. Hopper kind of sure, is in Stranger sure. Things. Or if he, I mean, Jude Law would also make a great sort Villain. of imperial yeah, remnant officer or sure. something like that. So that's about all we know. We don't yep. really know when it's being released. Nope. We don't know who else is in it. Yeah. Actually, it's funny. Skeleton Crew was announced. It's like uh, a Sunday afternoon. like No, it was on Thursday, but oh. it was just sort of squeezed between other things. Oh. And then there was a panel with the writers or the creators, rather. Hmm. Again, we know very little. Yeah. So you won't know this, Laura, but... <laughs> Star Wars video games have been extremely hit or miss for years. How do you know I don't know that? Tell me about all the Star Wars video games you've played. Um, Well, I've watched you play the Lego Star Wars game once, which okay. was hot, hotly anticipated in this house. Yeah. And I don't think anyone has touched it. It's hit. Oh, no, it's a we, hit? It's hit. Oh. We've, we've, oh okay. People have enjoyed Lego Star okay. Wars. We've talked about it on this show. Go check out our episode with Ty- Tyler Trollinger. But beyond that... For years, Star Wars games have been kind of hit or miss. The Battlefront reboots were not particularly well-received. A Rogue Squadron sort of follow-up game that was not particularly well-received, especially when you consider how beloved the N64 Rogue Squadron was. Mm. The most popular Star Wars games of the last few years, with the exceptions that we'll discuss in a moment, have been the re-releases of old Star Wars games. I was going to say, what's that one that we like to play? The Speed... Pod Racer. Pod or Racer. Race, Star Wars Episode One Racer. Yeah. You know, they've been doing that Love too it. with Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2 with Star Wars Jedi Knight. But again, the most anticipated games of the last few years have by and large been re-releases of old good games. Yeah. With the exception of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yes. Which portrays Cal Kestis, who is a survivor of Order 66, kind mm-hmm. of coming back into his own relearning his Jedi skills and trying to unveil the secrets of the yeah. Jedi, gather some of the ancient texts and and stay alive in the meantime. We get to meet some pretty cool characters in in that video game, including one of the other Inquisitors. Of course, Darth Vader also makes an appearance and you run the hell away from him. Star Wars Jedi colon Survivor mm-hmm. has been announced as the sequel to Fallen Order. And it is expected next year on the PS5, the Xbox Series XS, and PC. And Cameron Monaghan is set to reprise the role of Cal Kestis, which as we were looking at the trailer, you were like, wait a minute. I'm a big Shameless fan. So when I saw him, I was like, it looks just like Cameron Monaghan. And it is, in fact, Cameron Monaghan who took on the role for the video game. Yeah. And, And he will be back for this one. Apparently, it takes place five years after the original game. There is this implication that Cal has been kind of trying to continue his journey and to make it in the galaxy. He's been parted from his lightsaber. He is now trying to get back some of his skills after Mm -hmm. being in hiding for whatever reason. I'm sure we'll see. You know, these games always have that issue of how do we make it so the protagonist has lost all their powers so that we can justify the players having having to get it back again? Yeah. (laughs) And so. Is this open world? Fallen Order was. 
the levels were open world, but they were levels. They okay. were connected. You know, you would take a you would take a spaceship between different planets. Sure. And some of the levels were bigger than others. There, so sort of a mix. Not okay. Breath of the Wild open world, if that's what you're asking. Gotcha. Each sort of level is its own contained entity, though. It's much more of a Metroidvania type of game where you revisit levels and with your new abilities, you can unlock new oh, areas. Okay. And so it's probably closer to that style of game. We know very little about the plot, except that he's been in hiding and that also there's apparently this Powan senator who has made some sort of a deal. Hmm. Uh, we don't know a whole lot other than that. There's also like a, a mysterious character in a back to tank that Cal Kestis finds I speculated about, like, oh, maybe it's this or maybe it's that, and it's been made clear. It's, like, no, it's a new character. It's a ripped blonde man. Pale, almost albino kind of looking <laughs> It's a ripped, dead-looking blonde man. And back to tank. Yes. So. We'll see. I mean, I'm excited. I'm going to play it. It's one of the few PC games that I've played, oh, yeah. and, it's, and it was a ton of fun, uh, Fallen Order, and I'm excited for it. I think, last but not least, there's a couple more Star Wars animation projects that were either announced or given a little flushed out a little bit. Dave Filoni is going to be back in the animation sphere with Charles Murray making Tales of the Jedi, uh, which is an anthology series focusing on the Clone Wars era Mm -hmm. and including but not limited to Ahsoka Tano and Count Dooku. And I know sort of the the early images that were uh, released got uh, an emotional reaction from you. Oh, yeah. It showed Ahsoka Tano as a baby. A little baby. She was as a, a little, little goyle. A little goyle and a little uh, baby Bjorn on her mother. Yeah, and so it'll be exciting to see where they go with that. Also, Count Dooku is a character who was so, in some ways, so central to the prequels and the Clone Wars television mm-hmm. series, and and has this storied history and is this really well respected Jedi before he leaves the Jedi Order. It'll be neat to see that story play out right. and especially because for those of you who aren't familiar count dooku trained qui-gon Jinn. qui-gon was his padawan mm-hmm. and count dooku was trained by yoda oh, and, i don't think i realized that part. yeah and so there's a lot to his story that we we don't we certainly don't get it on in the prequel movies we right. get little sort of allusions to it yeah um but it'll be neat to see that play out and then last but not least star wars visions season two uh, for those of you who didn't watch it, Star Wars Visions was a an anthology series created by Japanese anime houses that sort of looked at what if Star Wars was set in a sort of samurai feudal area, yeah. Japan. And so it was it, these episodes of varying length just sort of exploring Star Wars meets samurai Japan. Any other culture. Right. <laughs> Season two is going to be a similar idea but it will also have production houses outside of japan doing the animation so we're going to see projects that are based in south korea france spain india the uk ireland and south africa so cool the idea being we're going to get to see star wars theoretically portrayed through the lens of all these different cultures and how that's awesome so yeah it'll be it'll be a cool sort of almost star wars what if yeah. But maybe not with the mainline characters that like Marvel. What if did? Right. Uh, you've covered a lot of ground. What are you most excited about? Like, what do you want to see or what questions does it leave you with? Like, what are your impressions? I think the biggest question I have is I want to hear who's going to play Thrawn and what are we going to see him in? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really, you've gotten me hooked on on just him as a character. Mm-hmm. And just seeing him be developed more, I'm just really excited to see that. For the in terms of what was announced, I, Mando season three, hands down, I'm just so excited. To me, it's being made evident that the Mandalorian and Ahsoka, maybe even Skeleton Crew, mm-hmm. Rangers of the New Republic, if they decide to go back to it, sure. these series to me seem to be building to some sort of Star Wars event whether that is a Mm. movie or movie trilogy or like a mega series that combines all these storylines. To me, it's clearly building towards that. Oh, I would imagine they're doing another trilogy. I mean, could be. And it would be great to see how, you know, a Mandalorian people led by Din Djarin 
and right. Ahsoka and maybe a young Luke Skywalker yeah. and like all these characters coming together perhaps to beat Thrawn or some other galactic mm-hmm. remnant threat. Mm-hmm. For the complaints that people had about the sequel trilogy, and we've talked about it some on here before, some of them are valid, some of them aren't. I think there's a lot of that story that is just untold. And of course, was it wise of Disney to make a sequel trilogy and then have to go back and tell us the story that led up to it? Eh. (laughs) But I do think by the time this big story wraps up, we're going to have a much clearer picture of how the sequel trilogy came to be. I think Thrawn is going to play a big role in the return of Emperor Palpatine at the end of the sequels. And I think we're seeing that Imperial Remnant clearly be built. Yep. So it will be uh, intriguing to see. I have to say, I think I'm most excited about Ahsoka. I knew you were going to say that. I, I mean, very excited for Mando season three. But no, Definitely I th- want to see that story play out. But I'm also very excited for Ahsoka. It's so cool to think about seeing those characters in live action. A lot of people were disappointed that Rebels ended with this this sort of tease of a quest that we thought we might never get to see yeah. of Ahsoka and Sabine going after Ezra. But I think this what, I mean, we're getting it. it. It seems almost certain that that's what we're going to be getting. So, but it all, I mean, I, y'all, I'm just excited for Star Wars. I'm just excited to have Star Wars almost constantly. And I'm really excited to talk in the coming weeks about Obi-Wan Kenobi and I just have had so much anticipation for the show, and so far, it has paid off in spades. Yeah. So to be able to talk about that, stay tuned. We will be filling you in on all of our thoughts. Uh, in the meantime, folks, uh, thank you for listening. Laura, thank you for joining me. Of course. You filled in admirably in Chops' absence. I try. I'm no Chops. <laughs> well, you know, there can, there can be only one. He's like the That's Highlander. True. If you are... Want to let us know about your thoughts on Star Wars Celebration? I can't say we missed anything, but if you want to let us know if there's something you felt like you wanted to hear more about, you can let us know by finding us on Twitter. We are NerdAsoch, that is N-E-R-D underscore A-S-S-O-C. Reach out to us via email, nerdasoch at gmail.com. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about in the coming weeks. Maybe you could even come on and be one of our nerds. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.